Good morning. Good morning. Come on. Good morning. All right. All right. Just going to hide back here today and just, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. Amen. Amen. I read someplace that solid. Solid preaching will make you leave mad at your sin or mad at the preacher. <laughs> so choose wisely today. Choose wisely. Amen? All right. I want to welcome you to God Season 2. We're in the middle of a series. If you're just joining us, we're doing a walk through the New Testament. And what we've been doing is following God's people through God's Word to watch and see how God's grace and His mercy meet up with the sin and rebellion of man and provide a covering and a connection. I love the picture of that. We're following God's people through God's Word to see the connection, how, how, how God's grace and His mercy meets man's sin and rebellion and provides a connection. Say amen. So if you've been following us, we're three, we're three messages in. Let me catch you up real quick. We started talking about how the New Testament starts in Matthew with a long genealogy of less than perfect people, right? And Matthew even included some more than scandalous women in this list. And it leads us to the birth of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And so although God could have chosen the perfect family tree to come from, He chose to come from a long list of flawed outsiders and broken insiders. And so the, when the gospel goes through great lengths to not hide that, I can only imagine that it's the heart of the Father telling you and me today, we belong. Yes. Amen? We belong. And then as you examine the scriptures and read the stories and you see the shift in the people that God draws in. And while in the Old Testament, the old, the, God had a specific people. But as we draw here the stories in the New Testament, we find out that we're included. You and I are fellow heirs and fellow members and fellow partakers of the promise. Amen. Amen. And then last week, Pastor Gary talked about even those that Jesus picked specifically to walk with him, the apostles, right? The, the, the 12. And he entrusted them first to stand on the promises of God and to take the gospel into the world, to be the salt and the light of the earth. And how every time Jesus turned around, they were sleeping, they were blowing it, they were denying, they were running, they were scared. And so after the resurrection, Jesus spent 40 days appearing to them and talking to them and ministering to them, letting them know, even though you failed, even though you messed up, even though you ran, even though you were afraid, the promise still stands. I came for you. I still chose you. I still died for you. I still rose again so that you can have life. The promise still stands. Somebody say amen. Amen. So that's the first three messages in a nutshell. If someone needed to hear that again today, there it is. You belong. You're included. <coughs> Whoa. You belong. You're included. And the promise still stands. 
And if that's not encouraging, you're not paying attention. See, the worst thing, listen, listen. The worst thing you can do after those three messages is nothing. Dead faith is like a dead fish. Even in the right environment, it still does nothing. And after a while, it starts to stink. Church, we've been given too much. We have too much inside us to not be changed, to not be powerful, to not overcome. Somebody say amen. Amen. Listen, listen, too many of us are guilty, and I'm guilty of this every week, but we walk around powerless with power on the inside. We walk around powerless with power on the inside. I'm going to give you a picture today, a hint of the power that we're walking around with and not walking in. And here's a great scenario that I hope kind of will make a connection. Have you ever watched any superhero movies? Anybody? Just these guys? You know, I mean, my wife loves that genre of movie, so I have to see every single one of them. Series and movies and whatever, anything have superhero involved, we're watching it. You know how, have you ever noticed, if, if you watch any of those series at length, they start going back into the history of the superhero, right? And, and there was a time when they were just discovering their powers, you know what I'm talking about? Listen, I know that that's fake. I know that that's just movies, but, but listen and watch how real it gets, okay? There's usually, for most of them, a time when they didn't know they had certain abilities. They weren't totally aware of the capabilities that they had. They didn't know what they were able to do or what they could do if they harnessed the power or the gifting inside of them. Come on. This is going to be some of you today. It's different in every story. Some discovered they had super strength when they were put under super distress. Some discovered they could soar only after they found themselves stuck. Some realized they had the ability to break free only when they found themselves shackled. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. On the flip side, some discovered the power that they had when they lost their temper. Come on, this is getting real to you. Say amen. amen. Some, some realized that, that, that they, they had to bring it under control. They realized there was a power they had to bring under control. Some discovered what they're capable of when they became afraid. Or when they were challenged or when they were backed against the wall or when they hit rock bottom. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, regardless of how or when they discovered what they were capable of, they had to now learn how to live with what they had on the inside. 
Esto está bueno, come on. They realize it takes practice. They realize it takes risks. They realize they have to develop experience. It takes acceptance for some. It takes submission for others. Only after they understood the power or what they were capable of could they learn to walk in their superpowers. So the question today or the reflection that I want you to wrestle with is this. What's your superpower? If we belong and we're accepted and the promise still stands, then what are we called and equipped to do and to walk in? If you didn't catch on yet, we're talking about the Spirit of God in us. Amen? Okay, we're there, right? You, you know I'm not talking about, you know, crypt, you know, you, all right, you know. You know I'm not in fantasy land. I'm talking real stuff, okay? I just wanted to bring you in. You know, I had to bring you in with that, you know? So we're talking about the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, which is in every New Testament believer. And I want you to see, to, 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 to see something, but, but to see it, we're going to have to do some work. Amen? <clears throat> I don't think we can get a full understanding of the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God unless we go back to the Old Testament. I know we just came from there, but we're going to have to go back to the Old Testament to see where and how it was given, how it was used, and what people were capable of in the Spirit of God. Is that good? So if you're willing to do the work, you'll understand better that the power which is inside every believer today And if you're not a believer today and you're just visiting, you're about to learn about the origins of power. And you're going to watch how superheroes play in real life. Amen? So... So we're going to go back to go forward. I, I, I don't want to get into the Holy Spirit in the New Testament until we've uncovered it in the Old, okay? So although the words Holy Spirit, as we understand it to be the third person in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it only appears three times in the Old Testament. Once in Psalms and twice in Isaiah. But it's referred throughout the old, whole Old Testament in different ways and in different forms. The Hebrew word spirit is ruach. And what that word means is breath or wind. In the New Testament, the Greek word is pneuma. And, and that also refers to breath or wind, the wind of God. And so we see it in the Old Testament in its different forms. Sometimes it's a breath. Sometimes it's a wind. Sometimes it's the raw power and presence of God. Sometimes it moves you. Sometimes it stops you. Sometimes it rests. And so what I want you to do today, I'm going to ask my wife to come and help me. What I want you to do today is I want you to take notes. Whether you take notes or not, I want you to take some notes for a minute. You find a piece of paper, an envelope. Uh, 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 don't act like you don't know how to use notes on your phone. How do you don't know how to use text messages. If you have a, 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 an, an Apple phone, pull out notes. If you have an Android, I'm sorry. Um, sorry. Oh, shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. All right, all right, all right. Take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. 
So I want you to take notes. I want you to write. Here's what I want you to write down. Pay, pay attention. Listen, listen. Don't get distracted. Don't open Instagram. Don't open Facebook. That can wait. Who cares what somebody's eating right now? Or what they're standing in front of? Who cares? Just stay with me a minute. Here's what I want you to write down. What I want you to do is write down, whenever you hear that the Spirit of God was on somebody, write down what it does or what the person has the ability to do because of it. This is going to be good for you. Amen? We're going to do the work. So let's start right in the beginning in in Genesis. In Genesis 1-2, we read that the Spirit of God, the Ruach Elohim, was moving over the surface of the waters before the beginning of God's creative words in verse 3. So before God spoke things into existence, the Spirit of God was hovering over the earth. The Spirit of creativity, the the Spirit to create was hovering. And so before anything was created, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters and it was involved in creation. So the first word you should write there is creation, where the Spirit is, is, is creativity, right? That's where God said, let there be light. Let there be separation. And then let there be Cubans, right? I mean, mean, amazing, all the creative stuff that he created, right? So creation, creativity, Job 33, 4, it says, The Spirit of God has made me creation, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Psalm 104, 30, when you send your life-giving breath, they are created, and you replenish the surface of the ground. Replenish is another word. Creating, source of life. Nehemiah 9.20, you imparted your good spirit to instruct us. Psalm 143.10, teach me to do your will for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. Job 32.8, but in, in the spirit, it, it is the spirit in a man, the breath of the Almighty that gives him understanding. So the spirit of God is not only creating, not only creativity, it's not only the source of life, it's not only replenishment, but it also teaches, it instructs, it leads, and it gives understanding. Are you keeping up with me? Let's go deeper than that. Were you aware, check this out, this might mess some of you up. Were you aware that when it came time to design and build the tabernacle, the Spirit of God was the designer? (coughs) Watch this, Exodus 31. It says, see, I have called by name a man, Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God. For what? With ability, another word, with intelligence, with knowledge of all craftsmanship. To devise artistic designs, to work in gold, in silver, and in bronze, in cutting stones for setting, in carving wood, to work in every craft. And I don't think you're understanding this. Isn't this amazing? You might think God's not interested in in the arts or in design or in our jobs or in our careers. But it says here the Spirit of God is the one who empowered men to design, to create, to work with their hands. Blacksmiths and jewelers and carpenters. Even the plans, the architects, the engineers. Spirit of God led it. 
Later on in 1 Chronicles, David gave the plans of all that the Spirit had put in his mind for the temple of God. God didn't let him build it himself, but the Spirit of God gave him the plans. So the Spirit of God can put the plans in someone's mind and give someone else the ability and the intelligence to follow through on those plans. While giving someone else the skills and the abilities to make it a reality. So the Spirit of God not only creates, it's not only creativity, it's not only the source of life, it not only replenishes, it not only teaches, it not only instructs, it leads, it gives understanding, but it also inspires, it also gives intelligence, it also gives knowledge to plan and the ability to excel in every craft. Is anybody excited yet? What's your superpower? I'll be honest with you, man, in my job, I, I, I work in IT, you guys know that, and I work for like the top, top dogs of NYU, right? The CEO, CFO, CIO, all the CO, right? When they call, understand that, you know, like not a lot of people, me, me and Pastor Burt are the only ones on that team. We, we try to recruit people before, nobody wants to touch it because who wants to come up to that level of authority and fail? Right? So nobody wants that job. Me and Bert love it. we like, whatever. And, and so they call us. Listen, they'll, they'll say, uh, Grossman, that's the CEO of NYU. Grossman's having a problem. He wants to see you. Well, on the way, I'm saying, all right, Spirit of God. <laughs> Spirit. And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. They won't tell you. They won't say, oh, he's not printing. or he's not. It could be something really simple or it could be... Like a major thing. So on the way, spirit of the living God. I don't know what's wrong with the man's printer. It, it, it could just be a battery in the mouse. It could just be a power switch that's turned off. I, might, I don't know what it is. But spirit of the living God, when I get there, let me be able to freak. How many of you know, some of you might have IT guys, you know, and you tell them when they come and you say, man, how come when you're here it works? How come you can come? How come you can come and just push a button? I don't know how they do it. I don't know how your IT guy does it. But this guy and that guy back there, Spirit of the Living God, give me the ability. Let me, let me walk into the room and the thing starts spitting out paper. Amen. Amen. I'm just making sure. I'm, I'll leave now. Thank you. Cool story, cool story. When things got crazy for Moses, check this out. Moses, in, you know, Moses in Exodus and Numbers, right? Moses was leading the people out, right, from, from, uh, uh, from slavery, leading them out of Egypt towards the land of promise, right? And, and the people were always grumbling and complaining. And, and God would lead them from victory to victory and, the, and fire by night and a cloud by day. And, and, but a lot of the times they would complain and grumble. I, I can't imagine what that's like because church people are not, not like that today. I just got to pause. Hold up. So 
So sometimes they would complain in the presence of God and it would kindle God's anger. It says in Numbers 11, they were complaining in the presence of God and God's anger and the fire of the Lord started burning up the outlying parts of the camp. Can you imagine? You complaining and grumbling. You got God so angry, he starts lighting up like frisbee and trapmen start catching fire. And, and, And you say, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute, right? And so, of course, whenever they saw the camp starts to burn up, they, they'll cry out. And they go, Moses, Moses, you got to talk to God. He's going to kill us. He's burning up the camp. And, of course, then Moses will go to God and say, God, come on. You know, you, you brought him this far. Don't, don't kill them all. And, God, and God's fire would die down. And that's what happened here, right? And so, but then they started complaining again. It's quick. Before you, you, you get delivered, before you start complaining again. I know not you guys, but a lot, of, a lot of church people. A lot of church people. A lot. Other church. I got pastor friends. A lot of other churches. They'll start complaining right away. They'll start. And so in this instance, in this instance, look, they, 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 right after he saved them, they started complaining again because this time they wanted meat. God had already supplied manna from heaven. God had already supplied water multiple times. God had already blessed them, delivered them, saved them from battle, rescued them. And, but now they're saying, they, they start, look, look what they do. They, they camp themselves around Moses' tent so he could hear them. And they start complaining. Oh, man. I remember back in Egypt, we had fish. And, we had, and it was free. And we had melons. And we had cucumbers. And we had onions. It's funny how they don't remember the slavery, the abuse. The, it's funny how they don't remember the beatings. They don't remember that the, the, the Pharaoh made them make bricks without clay, without, without materials. They don't remember that. But they, oh man, but the melon. If we only had melon. But, and so they're complaining around God in, in this instance. And, and, and it's funny because then... then they, they, they wanted this meat, and they, they don't remember. And then Moses was done. It, it, the word tells us in Numbers 11, Moses was done. He goes to God, and he says, God, these ain't my kids. I didn't give birth to these. Why have you put such a burden on me? He said, these ain't my kids. And then look, look, he says, he says this in Numbers 11. He says, um, Where am I supposed to get meat from them? This burden is too heavy. I'm so done with this. If I found favor in your sight, kill me. (laughs) Dealing with people is hard. (laughs) Listen, I'm I'm not saying I've ever asked God to kill me because of you. But I can honestly say I understand. And, and I got less than 300. He had thousands. I understand. So God does something amazing. In Numbers 11, God says, okay, Moses, gather for me 70 men from the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people and their officers, and bring them to the tent of meeting and let them take their stand there with you. Then I will come down and I'll speak with you there and I will take of the spirit that is on you. Come on. And I'll put it on them. 
I'll take from the spirit that's on you and I'll put it on the 70 elders so that they would assist you in doing what you do so that you will not have to carry the burden alone. Wow. <laughs> Look what happens. They gathered together and God took the spirit that was placed on him. The, the Old Testament, um, the, 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 the Jewish people believed that that was the spirit of Moses. Obviously, it's not the spirit of Moses. You can't take his spirit and put it on. It's the spirit that was on him, the spirit of the Almighty. Amen? And so it, it, it says they gathered together and God took his spirit and placed it on them and they all prophesied. That was evidence that they were filled with the Spirit. But it's a picture of Pentecost. The, Old Test- the New Testament book of Acts, it's a picture of Pentecost back in, in Numbers. And so they all prophesied. But look, two of them that had been counted in the 70, they didn't show up. So only 68 showed up at the tent of meeting and the Spirit fell on them and they started prophesying as evidence that the Spirit of God was on them. The other two stayed back in the camp and, but because they were counted, even though they weren't where they should be, they were filled with the Spirit. It said the two that didn't go, that were still back in the camp, they started prophesying. And, and Joshua, they were going back and forth and saying, well, these two guys are prophesying. How come? Well, I, and, and see, sometimes you're not in the right place, but you've been so called and you've been so equipped. God said, I'll get you wherever you are. Come on. That's for somebody today. (laughs) So that's another power of the Spirit to write down here. The Spirit of God can lift our burdens. Amen. Like he did for Moses. And the Spirit of God can put burdens on us. Like he did for the 70. Spirit of God can give us a burden to belong A burden to stand with somebody. Anybody ever felt these burdens? A burden to come alongside and support a ministry, support a a minister, a burden to be a part of something, a a burden to help somebody. You might ask yourself, why do I care so much about this person or that person? Why do I go so hard for this one or that cause? I'm not even that good a person. Maybe it's because the Holy Spirit has put a burden on you. Maybe that's your superpower you're complaining about. There's more. You know the story of Joseph. I don't think any of us would want to go through what he had to go through just to get to where he got. But, but Pharaoh said of Joseph in Genesis 41, Can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God? So the Spirit of God gave Joseph favor with those in charge. He gave him insight. He gave him revelation. He gave him interpretation of dreams. Which is what God used to not only deliver him from the pit and from slavery and from prison, but he also gave him wisdom and planning for the future survival of Israel. The Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God is not only able to deliver you from your enemies, but from every prison or pit that you find yourself in, but He can also elevate you to the highest, from the lowest, with no qualification. Come on, if that's you, say amen. How about Daniel? Even in captivity... 
the king of the enemies of God, King Nebuchadnezzar, says, none of my magicians, none of my prophets, none of my, my magic men can tell me what my dream means, but the spirit of the holy gods is in this man, and no mystery is too difficult for him. When the world starts asking for your input on their mysteries, it's the spirit of the living God. Somebody say, come on, say amen, say amen. When Samuel anoints Saul as king, watch this. 1 Samuel 10, it says, The Spirit of the Lord will come on you in power and you'll prophesy and you'll be changed into a different person. 1 Samuel 19 says, The word came to Saul. Check, check out this story. The word came to Saul that David is in Naoth at Ramah. And so he sent men to capture him. This is when Saul was trying to catch David and he wanted to kill him, right? So he found out where he was. He says, David is at this place at Ramah. He's down the block in the South Bronx. And so he sent men to capture him. But when, the, when they saw, when the men went to go get him, they saw a group of prophets prophesying with Samuel as their leader. And the Spirit of God came on Saul's men and they started prophesying. So they were distracted from what they were supposed to go do. They started prophesying. The word came back to Saul and Saul said, what? I want you to get David. So he sends another group of men to go get David. And that group of men go and they meet the prophet and the spirit of the Lord falls on them and they start prophesying. And the word gets back to Saul. Nobody's getting David. And so Saul sends a third group of men, the third gang to go get David. And on his way, the Spirit of the Lord fall on those guys. And they start prophesying. Saul is tight now. He said, nobody's getting me David. I want David dead. I'm going to go get him myself. And so he heads that way. And as he gets there, the Spirit of the Lord falls on him. And he starts prophesying. And it says, he takes off his clothes. And he just starts prophesying. Como loco. <laughs> These guys weren't all prophets. These guys didn't have the gift of prophecy. But when the Spirit of the Lord came upon them, they were able to prophesy. What's going on here? They were all sent there to capture David, but Saul wanted them dead. In this instance, the Spirit of the Lord came upon them to stop them from carrying out their evil plans. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will not empower you to do something. Not only, it will stop you. From, from accomplishing what you've set out to do. Some. So the Spirit of God is not only creating, it's not only creative, it's not only the source of life, it's not only our replenishment, it not only teaches, instructs, it leads, it gives understanding, it also inspires, it gives intelligence, it gives the ability to work in every craft. It can put the plans of one person and give another the skills to bring it forth. The Spirit of God gives revelation and interpretation. It brings favor even in the enemy's camp and under the enemy's hand. It can elevate you from the pit to the prison to the person in charge. It can permit you to prophesy, change you into a different person. It can also prevent you from doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. And we're still just in the Old Testament. Did you get that? Do you got that in your notes? There's more Samson. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power so that he tore a lion apart with his bare hands. Judges 14. Power. We got power in there. Strength. 
The Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson and he struck down a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. Some of you cheating. You're taking pictures so you don't have to write it down. I see. I see, I see what you're doing. That's good. That's good. That's good. Get it any way you can. Get it. Just get it. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he struck down a thousand men. One guy, a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. So there's power and there's strength in the Spirit of the Lord. When the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, you can do what you couldn't do in the natural. Church, what's your superpower? Ezekiel 2. It says, as he spoke, the Spirit came into me and raised me to my feet. And I heard him speaking to me. And he said, son of man, I'm sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. So the Spirit of God can not only empower you to do the things you couldn't do in the natural, but it also raise you up and send you to where you wouldn't have gone on your own. The Spirit of the Lord left Saul and came upon David in power. And an evil spirit tormented Saul. And only when David would worship in his presence would he find any comfort. Wow. So the Spirit of the Lord not only empowers and equips, but it comforts. And, and church, there's so much more, but I got to stop. Worship team, come on. See, all the judges of Israel were filled with the Spirit to accomplish a specific task. Usually one that involved rescuing the Jewish people from their enemies. All of the prophets were all filled with the Spirit of God, enabling them to see and to minister. If you read the story of the prophets, God would send them to do incredible, incredibly difficult things, to talk to incredibly hard-headed, difficult people. I know you know nothing about that here. I don't know if you ever saw it this way or understood it like that. Next week is Pentecost Sunday. 50 days after Easter. Next week is Pentecost. I'm teaching it this week so we can start walking in it before it comes. So the Holy Spirit has been and always was from the beginning with God and is God. And the Word says that when you believe the gospel, that God loved us, that He gave, that He died for us, that He rose so that we can have eternal life. The Word says when you believe, you're sealed with this same Spirit. Look at your notes and look at this. This is inside you. That's inside you. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is in me, is in you. And that was how God enabled those people that Pastor G spoke about last week. Those who by their own nature were cowards, criminals... Misfits and outcasts, none of us here, I know. Those who ran away, those who deny him, those who just want to fit in with the world. Those who went back to work as usual after he was crucified. 
They, this is how God took those people and used them to start the church that is still alive and well today. So, here's the hard part. What do we do with this now? Now that we know, how do you go back to being regular? This was my struggle all this week. I have to carry this first before I share it. How do I go back to being regular? Why am I touching the sidewalk when I walk? Why am I not just glove flowing? <laughs> Why? Yeah, I had to struggle. Why, why am I still getting angry at people? I got the Spirit of God inside me. Why am, I, why am I still holding on to bitterness to some people? Why am I not letting go of everything? Why am I not just speaking love, joy, peace all the time? Why? What do we do with this? Knowing that it's in us now. How do we go back to being regular? How do you go back to cheating on your wife or cheating on your husband? How do you go back to lying at work? How do you go back to being dishonest? How do you go back to being grimy? How do you go back to being nasty with people? How do you, how do you go back and flip somebody off when they cut you off now? When the spirit of the living God is inside of us. How do we, how do we attack other members of the body of Christ? How, how, how do we, how do we go now and have lunch and talk about the person that was sitting next to you? Your brother in Christ, your sister. You want some? Come on. Here's, here's the first thing that, that we can do after, after believing this. This is what, this is what's common. And you, some of you have already done it right now, I guarantee the first thing we do is disqualify ourselves. That was for them. That's not me. God knows me. I'm a fool. We disqualify ourselves. Many of you have heard my testimony on growing up with an abusive father and how later on going to school I had teachers who were very demeaning and degrading right and that really solidified but didn't solidify who I thought I wasn't so though I like many of you believe in God's word right I believe that the, from the moment I was conceived God had a plan for me I believe his word that there is power in his spirit. I believe that the moment that I accepted him into my life, that he came and dwelt in me. That with him I can do all things. I believe it in my head. But if you're like me, those words that told me that I was stupid, that I wouldn't amount to anything, that you're not smart enough, that you won't accomplish anything. That you're, you're, you're not made for anything. You just happen to be one of those people that are going to just maybe be a waitress. Not that being a waitress is a bad thing. But there's awesome servers. But things, demeaning things. From people who should have been there to encourage and equip and uplift. And what does that do to our, to our belief in us? 
I have this God that loves me and I know that he loves me. But I had all these people in my life that told me opposite, that I wasn't worthy, that I wasn't worth the time to take to teach me and to find out why it was taking me longer to learn, what was happening in my life, what was going on. I wasn't worthy. So you may be sitting here and thinking, God, I be- want to believe or I believe that you have something for me, that I have this superpower that Pastor George is speaking about. But how? How do I get there? How do I get from point A where I'm demeaned and degraded and I feel ashamed and stupid and I don't want to speak to I can move in you. I can do things in you. I can do the impossible, the miraculous, the amazing because you said it. Yes. Guys, it's just that step of faith. And I know it seems so simple to just say, well, what am I going to do? Just stand, believe. You have to believe. You have to encourage yourself. You have to speak it over your life. And God will bring people to bring those encouraging words yes. to lift you up. But you must take that step. Don't yes. believe the lie of the enemy. I believe those who were called stupid, who were called useless, who were called unworthy. It's because God had an amazing plan for your life come on an amazing plan for your life and from the moment from the moment you were young satan wanted to snuff it out he wanted to destroy you he wanted to make you useless and ineffective but i'm telling you today you are effective god sees you god sees you and his word will come to pass not those people who should have encouraged you not those people who put you down Those were just tools of the enemy. Mm. And God has been fighting for you and I from the moment we were conceived. So if you're feeling today, God, I need to just stand and believe that you have this superpower for me. Please stand. Please stand. You're believing I have this superpower. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now we're going to do a practice of encouraging ourselves. And you're going to speak these words into your life. And you're going to see how God will bring people to encourage you, to lift you up. But we need to be mature and we need to start taking responsibility. We need to be like David and encourage ourselves, even when those around us want to tear us down. Because God has a plan for you. Because you're important. Because yeah. the, because of yeah. your life, because of who you are, because of what God has placed in your life, you will move mountains. And there are people out there that you can reach, that only you can reach, that you need to reach. Mm. So I just want us to take a moment, close our eyes. Jesus. Father God, I pray right now you give a picture to your people. As they close their eyes, as they meditate in you, as they ask you what their superpower is, Father God, I pray that you give them a picture. 
They may be sitting here saying, I'm not prophetic. I've never seen visions. Well, let today be the day one of seeing those visions, Lord Father God. Let them see how important they are to you. Let them feel the very love and presence of their daddy, Abba, the one who created them. I pray, Father God, let them be lifted today. Let them be encouraged today, Lord Father God. Let them know that they are loved, that they are creative, that they have artistry, that they are talented, they have power. You're here to replenish them. You're here to give them insight, to elevate, to equip. You, where people have told them they are stupid. They are not stupid, God. You have given them intelligence because you're the God that created them, Lord God. You're the God that created them. Lord, give them strength, Lord. Lift their burdens and place your burdens on them, Lord Father God. Lead them, Lord Father God. Help them remember that you are the source of life, Lord God. You are the source of life. That in every decision, in every circumstance, that they could cry out to you and you will lead and you will teach, Lord God. Lord, we give you all the glory and all the honor. And I pray, Lord God, I come against, Lord Father God, every word has been spoken over them that's negative lord from whomever it may have come from and any experience that may have brought negativity let it bring positivity let it bring forth power lord god let it be used for your glory lord god let it not hold them back any longer but let it propel them to do what you've called them to do father god I give you the glory for them, Lord God, for each and every one of them, Lord. And we rejoice as we see your hand move upon each and one of yes, every one of these lives yes, here today, Lord yes, God. God. From yes, the God. youngest, God, yes. to the oldest. Yes, God. We give you all the glory and yes. all the honor. In yes. Jesus' name, yes. we all pray. Amen. 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 As we just close in, in, in worship, I want to give you another, one more picture. You're connected to everything that you see here and more. So, so when you're scared, ask for peace. When you're afraid, ask for comfort. When you're depressed, ask to be encouraged. When you need help, ask for wisdom. You're connected to everything here. And if, if the, the Ruach, the Spirit of God, if it's a wind, here's the picture. Sometimes we, we don't know how to go about all these things. We don't know how to, how to let that fill us, how to let that, well, you need to read your word. You need to talk to God. Those are obvious. We need to pray. We need to understand what the word says. And so do those things. But, but here's a simple picture. If the spirit of God is a wind and you're a a ship, then lift up your sails. And say, God, just, just blow on me, God. Let your breath blow on me. Let it lead me. Let it. So that's, that's our, 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 our submission today, our humbling as we close in worship. Say, God, I'm lifting up a sail. I don't, we can't control the wind just like we can't control you. 
We can't tell the wind what to do and where to go, just like we can't tell you where, what to do with us and, and how and how and where to take us. But we, we just submit to you today. We put up our sails and we say, God, blow on us. Receive that. Come on, let's worship. Let's worship. song help us say Your glory, God, 
come on, we're going to sing this next part of the song. And everything that was written here that kind of identifies your superpower. This next part of the song calls for us to be able to recognize the Holy Spirit in our lives, to be able to be sensitive to it. So I want you guys to sing it with me. Just say, let us become more aware. Let us experience. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory. Come on, let's say. Say. Let us become more aware of your presence. Come on. Let us experience the glory of your good. Come on, say. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Say, let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. we thank you father everything you needed to say has been said lord and so i release you because you know that you are blessed and why are you blessed to be a blessing you guys have a wonderful week god bless you